This is episode 124 with Megan Militello and Lacey Hernandez. Welcome to the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. I am your host, Ryan McGuire. And if you are in pursuit of your own happiness, this is the podcast for you. Join me along my own journey in finding happiness as I cover topics such as health, wellness, mindset, travel, adventure, dating, relationships, and so much more as I interview some of the most passionate and successful people in the world. And I'm super happy to invite Megan Militello and Lacey Hernandez of Elevated Oats back onto the podcast. Though I wish it was under different circumstances. If you recall, I had an amazing episode with them, episode number 68, two women military vets starting their own business based in Alaska. Elevated Oats was a granola with a mission behind it and also some amazing and clean ingredients, which I absolutely love. But I just recently saw a post that Megan had posted on Elevated Oats that they are closing the business And no, it's not because of the product. There is a lot behind the scenes of business that many of us just don't understand. And I wanted to have both of them on to explain what happened, what happened behind the scenes, and to show that being an entrepreneur is not all sunshine and rainbows. There is so many variables and factors and so much work that goes on that we just do not see. As I said, I wish this episode was under different circumstances, but I really, really enjoyed my conversation with both of these amazing women because we get a true look of what starting a business actually means, including expenses, marketing cost, starting a factory, and I certainly had to ask them what they learned over the last few years and if they could do it all over again, what they would do differently. Also, Megan and Lacey give us a look behind the scenes when it comes to the food industry. As Lacey liked to put it, they spilled the tea of the truth behind labels and the FDA. Some of what she says might just blow your mind as if finding really good healthy foods wasn't hard enough, the truth that they spill about the labels on packages is just absolutely crazy. I feel like that could be its own two hour episode, but it isn't all doom and gloom for Lacey and Megan. They have some amazing things brewing as I imagine they would. They're an awesome package together. They know what they're doing. They talk about the new cookbook they have coming out as well as starting their own podcast on the journey of business and what they learned along the way, diving into even more details. And that is coming soon. I can't wait to hear those. They learned so much and they explain so much of that in this episode. I am really excited for you all to listen to this episode as you get a look behind the scenes of what it actually takes to start a business and all of the components that it takes to make it successful. All right, with that said, here we go with Megan Militello and Lacey Hernandez. 
Lacey. How are you, Ryan? <laughs> Welcome back. I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm doing well. Well, I'm doing well. I'm in Washington now, and I miss North Carolina's weather. <laughs> Is it rainy? You know, surprisingly, it's not as rainy as you you think. It's just not as sunny. It's just not sunny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I grew up. I grew up in the Northeast, so I'm I'm very aware of like the grayness and just how that's so dreary and and how much the sun can can make an impact yeah um megan's joining us as well yeah i'm super happy to have you both back on i can't believe it's been just over a year episode 68 it's almost like 60 episodes ago it's crazy wow so much happened so much has happened and that's why I wanted to uh, reach back out to to both of you. I mean, I've been keeping tabs on you since we talked. Uh, I'm a fan of both of yours. Um, I know with the business and Lacey, you a graphic designer, just like myself and Megan really into health and fitness and everything. We're going to talk about all of that. Uh, Megan, let's, let's catch up real quick. How are you doing out there? I'm good. Sorry. I was upload. I was, I don't know what happened. I was uploading, <laughs> uploading. I don't know. I had to restart it a couple of times. Zoom decides to update when you're joining a, an important podcast, right? It's always, you know? always happened. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Megan, Megan, a lot, we were just saying a lot has happened in the last year plus some good, maybe some not so good. So I, I don't know. We're going to, we're going <laughs> to, look look under the hood spill here the beans. <laughs> yeah spill the beans i was a little surprised to see your post um excited for you surprised um but i know you have some big things in store both of you uh have a great mission um, i'm fully behind what you both are doing um so for those who are you listening megan and Lacey joined me episode 68 a little over a year ago and talked about elevated oats and their mission behind it and a lot of their backstory in the military which i thought was incredible you two were super inspiring and i saw a post was it a week or two ago i don't know i don't remember what it was i was like what no way no way so megan i don't know if you want to spill the beans and what is going on here when i'm talking about uh, yeah. So uh, you saw a post where we decided to close Elevated Oats. We are shutting down Elevated Oats and moving on to a new chapter. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, it's like your, it's your baby, right? It's like your child. And, and to, <laughs> it's probably the hardest decision. We're going to talk about the decision. I don't know what's behind that. Um, but I, I think it's important and I know you guys have more in the future to talk about what happened with your business and everything. And I think it's important. One of the reasons I really wanted you back on is it's easy to have conversations with people that are like, yeah, just go for it. And I've made it and I'm successful and and all that, but business is hard. Um, I don't, I still don't know the story exactly what happened. We're going to talk about that, but it's it's great to have these conversations of what you've learned and perhaps maybe what you'd do again and what you're going to do in the future. As I said, I'm excited for you. So if you want to go for it, like what the heck? What the heck? Because I love Elevated Oats. As you know, I ordered multiple supplies from Alaska. I was like, I'm paying for that shipping. I don't care. <laughs> it was really good. A lot of people liked Elevated Oats. Um yeah. So I'd be curious to know exactly what, what the heck happened. Let me start with, you were not the only one surprised. <laughs> this was a big shocker to a lot of people. This 
to be honest, this is not something that Lacey and I had discussed like weeks and weeks leading up to it, months leading up to it. It's not like this was on our radar. We were really in the business. Like we were, I like to use this analogy. Like, I feel like we had got this map and we like made this map. Okay. We're going to take this road. And then we are on the road, right. And we're doing it and we're going. And as we got further and further, you kind of lose sight of what the whole map looks like. And we did this Alaska angel conference and that was for a hundred thousand dollar investment. Uh, you can had an opportunity to win a hundred thousand dollar investment. Okay. We had reached a point with our personal investor that, um, we couldn't just continue to keep getting funds from this person. And so it turned into, do we want to take a loan? Do we want to get investment from somewhere else? Can we reach profitability to bootstrap it and make this happen ourselves? And being in that position, going through the angel conference, it allowed us to step back, look at the entire map and then be like, wow, this is a, do we want to, do we want to go this route? Hmm. We want to go this route for the next 10 years. What is this for people that aren't familiar with this business thing? What's like an angel? What is that? What's the angel conference? What is that? Uh, the Alaska Angel Conference is a competition where five companies can compete. Well, four to five companies, I guess, can compete for a hundred thousand dollar investment from an angel. An angel investor is easier than getting a loan from a bank for a startup company because you're a little higher risk. Um, and that's it. I, anything else to add to that, Lacey? Uh, but it's not. Uh, at like as risky as a VC or a venture capitalist fund, so and it's for equity or okay. yeah, it's <laughs> I'm like an amateur Shark Tank watcher, so I get some of this stuff, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, You're right. I'm not totally understanding it either. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I will say it wasn't the branding. The branding's good. I still like this. Since the day I saw it, I was like, this is really nice branding. It's really cool that you did it. So. <laughs> yeah, the branding was great. Um, so what was it that kind of said, we, we can't keep taking money from this person? And, and like, what was the ultimate call that kind of shut it down? Great question. <laughs> well, we had known for about a year that um, things were getting tight with our investor because they had some personal life things happen. And so they had to divert funds to something else. So they couldn't invest like they would like to anymore. Mm. Um, and just, you know, with a CPG company, it's kind of just like dumping money in until you sell is pretty much what I've gathered. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think I answered the question. <laughs> yeah. And, and CPG is consumer package goods. So this is like, us making the granola, putting it in a bag and then selling it. And what we learned from that, we had not been in this industry before. And what's so interesting is like, we make this product. It was an at-home recipe that we put in a really beautiful package that Lacey designed and everybody gets a cut, right? Like, I don't know how much we actually think about the operations of a grocery store and who is providing the food for that grocery store, right? So for us to be on the grocery store shelf, we are making the product, which you can outsource. It would cost money. Um, but then you need someone that's a distributor. Maybe you have a broker that's like your salesperson. Then you're also paying the grocery store. 
the grocery store will expect free cases of product for placement on shelves. Uh, so for us being something very high quality, um, trying not to degrade that quality either. So being an expensive granola, it just didn't really fit on the grocery store shelves. Being in Alaska, we could we could go the more independent route that's the more gourmet products. But in Alaska, we're very limited on that. Um, there's just not a lot of people here, not a lot of people, not a lot of stores that tailor to that. It could be very different if we were somewhere else. I was wondering that if you were in the lower 48, would the outcome be a little different? Yeah. And I actually think we talked about this around the, the angel conference um, because we had the option, you know, to go get the loan or um, seek other investment, but it's like the, the investors in the lower 48, they already have the first question they have is like logistics from Alaska to the lower 48. And it's like, we haven't solved that problem yet. We haven't, we haven't reached that stage, you know, yet. And, um, so it was kind of like at that point where it's like, do you want to keep dumping money in this route? Like we we're even still talking, like maybe trying to go an accelerator potentially and be like, Hey, this was our idea. We already kind of proved market fit. Um, take a lot of our, our company, you know, and like make it. In a we can break. make it better. We can make it better. Yeah. Mm. We can do it again in a different way and make it better. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys aren't doing it. You, you, you're not doing the lower 48. <laughs> we're flirting with it. There's this company that we're, that we're talking about applying for. It's called science Inc. And they're behind, um, have you heard of liquid death? Yeah. Like, oh, the drink. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. They're the uh, company behind them and the dollar shave club, I think they did. Mm -hmm. um, clever branding, clever branding yeah. and marketing for sure. Yeah. And we know another entrepreneur that was basically, they brought it up to us and he's like, every time that I talk to you guys and see you guys, like, this is who I think of. And so we're like, Hey, introduce us. Maybe that's something that we can, like, that is definitely a route that we could go. We yeah. chose not to sell the company so that we do have this leeway to be able to really do whatever we want still with it. Okay. So you, I'm going to ask you like a ton of questions here. So you chose not to sell the company, but the company no longer exists. Like what's the terminology of where the company is at right now? Closing. Closing. We're closing the company. But, but you own like the name so you can resurrect it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to wrap my head around. Also, like our business. our faces are on the back of the bags. We've made this yeah. very about why we didn't want to sell it. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people ask, like, why not sell it? And it's like, uh, but then right, this is our baby. Like, this is our baby. And also, we can see what it looks like in Alaska, right? Like, are you you're now you're going to take it, and how are you going to make it profitable in Alaska? Hmm. Hmm unless you take it somewhere else too. So it was hard to kind of give up that, um, this thing that we've created that we still think has potential to become other things. Did you get an offer or offers? No, because we didn't announce that we were closing oh. or selling. We just kind of handled it. Pulled the rug out. <laughs> uh, yeah. You pulled the rug out from here. I turned on my Instagram. I was like, what the, <laughs> yeah. what I told my it? wife, I told my wife, I was like, no way, no way. Oh, we, do. we were like, let's wait until the end of the year. We have all these things planned. We're going to do the state fair and all these things. And then it was like, why? Hmm. why? So 
it's kind of like you're on ice right now, right? Like you might resurrect at some point. Liquid yeah. death, liquid death, who might, might resurrect you, which would be kind of ironic. <laughs> Wouldn't it right? be? Come back on Halloween or something like that. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to get a picture of I know you you brought up like all these like expenses, you gotta pay all these people. So on average, what would you say you sold the bag for? And then what did you kind of take home after all of that? Oh, take home? Yeah, like what was after like what was left for you? After paying like the grocery store, paying whoever the packager and all that kind of stuff, like what would you say? I mean, if you're just just do cost of goods and and labor lease, I would say. Yeah. Uh, just cost of goods, and then that would be a good number. I don't really know because you know, right before we were closing it, we're changing all that stuff, mm. and so it was like almost five dollars for a bag of an eight ounce bag. For us to sell. Uh, to, for cost of goods and labor and overhead and everything. Mm. And oh, almost $5? Yeah, with, with everything. What? I thought it was three something. Mm-mm, almost $5. I mean, this is why we were not profitable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, okay, so, but this is why we, you know, it costs $11 for a, a bag. Like we had to get in all those margins. And then once we started we got this broker and we had planned for it, right? This was like one of the other factors too happening at the same time, you know, the broker's like, oh, can you, I topped it out at the highest I could at $9 and 19 cents or something. I think you need to lower your prices more than that. And we're like, whoa, you're asking us to lower from 11 to nine and then you want more? Yeah. We can't even go to the grocery store. I would say with that too, like, I don't think he's looking at, the ingredients it's you know it's a list of names yeah Yeah, it's a list of names these are all the granola companies that you're competing against and that's how they do it what is i've noticed a few um bigger names in the last year year or two and like whole foods and wegmans what were who what and who are your like biggest competitors would you say in alaska uh just in ge- just in general i'm like uh just on the shelf hey, purely oh. elizabeth is huge i mean that's a huge well, okay so why why i've i've seen it my wife has also purchased that i've purchased whatever mm-hmm. um why what makes her i'll say her brand purely better than elizabeth was purchased if it better purely <laughs> elizabeth was purchased only a few years into their company by Quaker, or they got a $3 million investment or from post, they got a $3 million right. investment from post, I believe. So now they're just kind of part of a bigger company. And that's mm-hmm. the thing too, like the goal really would be, okay, let's build this company to sell it. But then it's like, what are they, you know, what are they yeah. going to do to your stuff? Because our biggest thing was we wanted to provide something that was different than what was in the grocery stores because it was always full of sugar, fillers, like all this crap in there. I know that's like, I'm like aggravated that I hope you do resurrect it because it's like, we need more foods like that. That's like, that enticed me, especially, so I'm just going to admit it here. Like my wife and I, at some point are going to start family planning and we are very conscious of the ingredients that she's putting into her body and stuff. And not only just that, it's like all the freaking sugars and stuff like that. Like I'm such a huge fan of foods like yours that are very recipe, like ingredient conscious. Um, and it bothers me 
that this is happening. Like if, if you sold it to post, let's just say post, like purely was it purely Elizabeth that you said, um, what could they do to it? Could they actually manipulate and alter it? Yes. They could do whatever they want. They own it. So we have the illusion of choice. That's what I say is like, you go down, you go through the aisles and you see like, you know, the different brands, but if you research more, they're actually owned by three or four companies. And the way that the buyers, we learned so much, <laughs> the way that the buyers are doing it is the same way that our broker was doing it. They don't care about the ingredients. They just care about how much money they're going to make and how much product they're going to move. Yeah. Does it have a little GMO tag on it? Like that GMO tag costs over a thousand dollars a year just to have, mm. just to have the tag. And that's just one. This yeah. makes me so mad. This makes me so, so they could probably just like dump preservatives or whatever into your granola, right? Welcome really to our anything. frustration. Oh, they would immediately take out the vegetables and put sugar in it. I guarantee it because that, that's what is in every single granola. Like well, the second, also, how, do you, how do you scale it? Right. Cause mm -hmm. that's their thought process. It's how can we scale this? So how can we make it cheaper, make it faster? Right. And then if our processing for fruits and vegetables takes us a full day, they're not going to want to do that. Like, how can I not do that as a big company? Because that's how they're making money. It's volume, right? It's like, we learned very early on, we're in the business of volume. So it's like, how much can we continue to move? How much can we move? Um, but that's where like us being handcrafted and handmade with growing and scaling, you have to become more automated in this mm -hmm. kind of business. I think, you know, mm -hmm. just manufacturing, you have to be. Yeah. Is there a different shelf life to your product than some of these other granolas that these major companies are touching? Actually, I think ours is pretty close. Like we have, we have about a year shelf life and. Oh, well, okay. I thought that might've been a, a problem because of like the fresh ingredients and stuff. It's no definitely problem. a factor, but yeah, our, we, we got our stuff lab tested and it, it's good for a year. Okay. I'm going to, I'm just going to declare you need to come back. <laughs> we're not, <laughs> we're not done yet. <laughs> so. Start a petition, Ryan. <laughs> 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 I, I'm, I'll, I will definitely help you out there. Um, <laughs> what, um, what was your most expensive cost? Would you say? Payroll. Yeah. Payroll. How many people, how many people were on payroll? Mm -hmm. It would fluctuate. Yeah. I think seven was our max. Okay. Yeah. And that includes like contractors. Um, and that's where, you know, us being new entrepreneurs, it's all about where do you want to put your money? Like, where do you want the energy to go towards? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we saw a huge value in having a social media presence. So that's always something from the beginning that we have put our own energy or money into, um, not paying our people really low wages. I mean, that's been a challenge with COVID, you know, like finding employees, but also paying employees because there are so many options out there. Like they could go get a job working at McDonald's also for $15 an hour. Hmm. Doing less maybe. I mean, or I mean, they might get benefits even. So yeah, it was very hard being a startup. And then I think to being a startup and we don't just have like a full-time role that's very defined where it's like, we need this person, right? We're like, 
we need someone that can help with these 12 things. Jack of all trades. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Or it turns into, okay, I'm going to hire this contractor for this one thing, but they only work this little amount of hours, which we found challenging also, because now there's just more people to deal with mm-hmm. versus it being one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. What was like, what's the biggest that elevated oats got because i remember seeing like photos not too long ago you were in like walmart and stuff right i mean that's that's pretty big time yeah we were in walmart for over a year actually we're still in walmart technically we are still in walmart <laughs> <laughs> is that now alaska walmart or are you in the lower 48 alaska walmart. alaska walmart how does that happen so for somebody who's like I'm imagining people are listening to this that are like maybe want to start a business and they're gonna they're learning a lot from just listening to you talk. How does getting in a Walmart happen? Great question. Oh well, first you have to have some sell sheets and nice packaging <laughs> and nutrition facts and insurance for your product, all of those things. So packaging you have to, yourself. You have properly. to have insurance, you have to insurance for granola. How does that work? Food insurance. Okay. Yeah, we have food liability insurance that has an annual cost. And then just for Walmart, we have to have an additional $2 million policy on it just because of them. And that costs us an extra $1,000 a year just to have our product in Walmart. Yeah. So every big company that requires you to have more or whatever, then you're adding more on just so you you see the trend here. Yeah. As we get bigger, (laughs) we have to spend more. This is what it constantly is happening. Yeah. Um, Okay. So what happens? What we, you have to meet the buyer or somehow get connected with the buyer. Now for us, because we are only in the Alaska Walmarts, um, we are in the like souvenir section. So we're in the made in Alaska section and the buyer here deals with Hawaii and Alaska. And we met her at a uh, wholesale gift show. So like a trade show, we paid six, 700 bucks to have a booth and a bunch of people come through there. They see you, but this is strictly wholesale. So we had this award up, we had all of our stuff displayed and they walked by and happened to start a conversation with us. And we were like, Hey, this is our stuff. And then talking to them, they're like, we're going to need all of these things. And we're like, we got it. And they're like, we need you to be with a distributor because they have the right software to be able to handle our orders and then you deliver it. So that pushed us, just that relationship pushed pushed us to have a distributor. So with that distributor, we started getting into a lot of other places as well. We were already in a really big grocery chain in Alaska and we were like, okay, well the distributor was that three bears? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The distributor <laughs> can make sure that you know all of our shelves are merchandised. Come here. My dog is upset. <laughs> uh, they are going to make sure that all of the stores are merchandised instead of us dropping it off to like one, right? So the distributor can like handle extra things that we just can't as, you know, two people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But don't expect them to merchandise because that's not their job. Right. We okay. learned that too, which is why you need a broker. Did you possibly have heard the term grow too fast? Did you grow too fast at all? Or did you grow at the proper speed? I think this is like the million dollar question, right? Because, you know, hindsight's always 2020. Uh, and back when COVID started, <laughs> we had a decision to make then, right? The trade shows were canceled and she was cottage food at the time. So instead of being able to like meet with people in, in person and sell our product like that, 
we built a factory, which I think is, you know, kind of growing a little large, <laughs> mm -hmm. but startups do it all the time. You know, if I, I, I think if we would have went with that intention and, you know, got more investment or something from the beginning, then we could have put more money into like the marketing aspect, because once you get it on the shelves, you have to get it off the shelves. So I definitely, yeah, keep going, was, keep going. It was a lot of money going into building this thing. And then yes, the marketing, the sales, because now our time, our time was being occupied by remodeling a place and even just learning like us being new to it. We spent a lot of time learning in different classes that were offered through the community or like different resources. And that took up a lot of our time. So we weren't yeah. like just sitting there trying to make sales. And then too, our product was so different, not the product, but even the look so mm -hmm. different from the beginning until like years later, all the things that you learn and change. Yeah. So like that black packaging was no bueno. The black packaging wasn't right. And we didn't want to listen to that one girl that we hired and that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm, I'm in marketing, obviously, Lacey, you know, I'm being a designer myself. Like what is the thing you learn most when it comes to marketing a, a new product? Oof. Oof. <laughs> I don't know. Like this, like I, it was a huge learning curve. So, um, what, you really worked, what worked for you? Well, like what really worked for you? we are really good at organic marketing. And so we just figured out our funnel and what we wanted to do. And we got them on our email list through a couple of means and our email list converted most, most of the time. Like it was high converting, um, social media and hiking the, the community. I think that really building a community really worked in our favor. Yeah. Megan, add on to that. I want to hear what you, because I know you're <laughs> shaking your head. Yeah, um, totally agree. And the community was a huge organic, yes. Like we're good at, um, I don't know. It's almost like this little light, right? We're very magnetic. And so we're just like, we really are genuinely, like genuinely want you to be better for yourself. Yeah. with anybody else except well, you I mean, i'm a little selfish i feel like if you're better for you you'll be better for everyone like that's just my you know if you work on you and only worry about you then your light will shine and everyone will be happy if we all just so i think our mission there was like really solid and then that translated into the community and then the community because now we've been so consistent like we've done the monthly hikes it's been two years we've done monthly hikes for two years out here in the winter like not charging anybody anything we have no clue how to monetize it <laughs> we're just we're just like come out and hike with us and like try yeah. our ground and get outside and that really that's very that's been very impactful now I've heard newsletters are pretty big for people starting a business or try to get followers and get their contact information. How does one even start a newsletter if they're, if they're trying to do that? There's a variety of ways. Um, uh, it just depends on how you want to get your, your leads. Um, so, so for us, we had social media, which was our Instagram was our primary channel, but Facebook kind of connects to that. So we kind of just let that trickle in. 
And then our secondary was the group. And for a while, I think for about a year or two, like it, we didn't even like do much in, in that group. Um, we didn't prioritize it as much as growing the in- Instagram. Um, but also Megan was doing in-person things oh, and I was there when I could get there, but so she was really in front of the community a lot, I think, networking. And every time we had a trade show or event, we would have like a sign-up sheet for like, Hey, you entered a win a free bag of granola or like a whole flight of granola or something. And we would be diligent in collecting those emails and entering them into, you know, whether it be MailChimp or whatever program you have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's always yeah, interesting. Collect the emails. That's the collect whole, email. that's what I was getting really hyped about. Have an email list. Yeah. Start collecting them. Okay. Get the I know. <laughs> now social media, obviously kind of everybody has a social media account these days. And um, what did you learn about, I know you said Instagram and stuff like what did you learn most about uh, social media marketing on social media is it, and is it worth it? Ugh. I would say yes, because while not, it doesn't always convert. Like I will tell you what I learned the most is make sure you have your website, like right there on the link and tell them why to like click that link. Um <clears throat> And the reason why is because then you can use you know, like Google Analytics or whatever and like really see what is converting from Instagram to your to your website so you can see what content they're clicking um, because it's not as obvious in actual Instagram or like what's actually converting to a sale. Does that make sense? It does. It, to okay. me, it does. Yeah. <laughs> I would right. also uh, add on leveraging your personal yeah. brand. Leverage your personal, leverage your personal. Explain that. Go go deeper with that. What do you mean by that? Well, it, it appears as though your business accounts may not get as much reach or as far. And so if you have collaborations with normal people, hmm. uh, having that user created content is amazing. Your user generated content is amazing. But if you have your own personal thing, it's like, okay, well, people, people believe in the story, you know? And so- having our own personal life on there and kind of directing people to like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We leverage our personal brand a lot. And I think that that was huge when it came to the hiking community also working because it wasn't like a business was putting on this hike. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, oh, Megan is putting on this hike. That makes sense. Yeah. I know that the, the word that keeps coming to mind talking to you is authentic and authenticity. And I'm sure that's something you really wanted to, hit home and, and drive home with this brand. This is why he also didn't want to sell it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, uh, man, I still have like a, a lot of questions here. Uh, Lacey, I'm curious to know, like I, I saw you multiple times following you on Instagram. How many times did you fly up to Alaska? <laughs> oh gosh. You know, I haven't actually counted, but um, I can name off the top of my head at least six times. Yeah. I was thinking six. It's yeah. Been at least six. six times. Yeah. yeah. Is it always Anchorage? Uh, I went to Fairbanks once. There you go. Yeah, that was for a retreat, and that was fun. Yeah, we got to Northern Lights. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. that's a great place too, Northern Lights. Yeah, Alaska's Alaska's very special. It is. Uh, Lacey, so you moved from North Carolina to Washington. Was this kind of part of that deal, or just being closer just happened happens to be part of that? I guess being closer just happens to be part of that. Um, My husband was supposed to retire actually this year and (laughs) 
didn't get put on orders for some reason and then tried to stabilize. And I'm saying things people don't totally understand, but got denied. And so ended up having to leave North Carolina because it's there too long. Mm. And this worked out because I was closer to elevated oats. Mm. Um, so it has been beneficial in the last year being, being nice. The, the flight is so much better. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's a direct flight too, right? I imagine from from Seattle near Seattle at all, or where are you from? Uh, yeah, I'm like only 30 minutes from the the airport. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, hell yeah, it's a lot a lot easier. Is your husband also in the military? My husband is. Yeah, he's in the military right now. He retires next year. Finally. <laughs> Great, that's excellent. I know we're a little past like Memorial Day and and whatever. I just want to say also thank you for your service. I know. I know you, you all three have done a lot for us. Uh, like you told us your story on the last episode, which uh, was pretty incredible. Um, I know you dove deep into mental health and PTSD and, and whatnot. I think that was very vulnerable of you both. Um, I appreciate that. And also, I remember like you reaching out to me on Instagram to tell me, to tell me your story. Uh, and like, that's why I'm asking these social media questions too. Not just because I'm a marketer. I remember you found me on Instagram. I was like, I really want to tell your story and what a great story. So I've, I've been rooting for you ever since. Um, and I got to ask, like, I want to ask you both separately. Um, what have you learned the most and like, what would you do over again? If you could, Megan, start with you. <laughs> I know you've thought about it, right? Well, I, mean, I know mm. you thought about it. Yeah. Um, Hmm, that one's tough. I would say learn the most. That one's really hard for me because there's so much. There's so much to well, give learn. Me a, give me a, okay. I mean, give me a couple for someone that's like, what's perhaps a quote unquote mistake okay. or something you would alter or do different? Just pick let's, a few. Let's start. Let's start with use your resources, right? Get into, get involved in the community, use your resources. I heard this line the other day and I thought it was amazing. Closed mouths don't get fed. Amen. Yep. So you got to be telling your idea to people. And I, I've i heard from other business owners or people, entrepreneurs, inspiring entrepreneurs that are like, I have this idea, but I don't want to tell anybody because I don't want someone to go do it. Yeah. We're busy people. People are busy, right? People are busy. Nobody, I don't think is... I'm, Nobody's going to see your idea. It'd be a really amazing idea for someone to just be like, wow, I'm going to do that right now and drop everything I got. <laughs> it's like, this is how we create things. Like we have to have that energy from other people too, I think. Right. Um, so also perfectionism, just put it out there. Just put it out there. Yeah, I agree uh, a thousand percent with being a creative person and, and just by nature with graphic design, Lacey, I'm sure you deal with that too with the podcast, like I might stumble, I might stutter, whatever, you know what I mean? Like not every episode is going to be a perfect smooth ride. Yeah. I just got to put it out there. Nobody, nobody really cares. Human. Yeah. It yeah. makes us human and more relatable to other people, you know? And it's like, these are the things that I also deal with. Yeah. Wow. Lacey, what, what about you? Oh, um, I think the biggest thing that I learned was when you're running your own business, like you're the boss and nobody's going to tell you how to do it. Everyone's, no one's going to tell you how to do it. And everyone's going to tell you how to do it. 
Uh, <laughs> and none of it's going to be helpful because you're going to be confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I can but you have to make decisions like take take little pieces that you can from those people you have to make decisions based off of your target audience and your goals and like keep that top of mind because like that's what's you're the one running the business mm -hmm. yeah no one knows your story and your product and your child as, as a business, right. As much as you do, no one cares about it as much as you do too. You know, like you're the ones probably up till one, two, 3 AM answering emails, DMS on your Instagram, coming up with stories and reels and dealing with packaging issues or anything like that. It's, it's your, it's your baby. Um, what about, I want to start talking a little bit about, about the future. Um, we'll talk about what you two also announced. But if, if I gave you a wish, we'll just say in one year from now, where would you want, both want to be? Oh, crap. Mike is laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing because I've, I've been over here talking about a, a, a commune. <laughs> it sounds bad if he's a commune. Building a little community. I just keep being with my friends like, hey, like this would be fun. How do we do this? How do we get some land? Like, how can we make this happen? Um, so it would be it would be really cool if I could build something within a year, but that seems tight. It seems pretty tight, but you know, on the path, on the path of building something that's maybe out in the woods somewhere. You know, keep going. I mean, are you talking about a business? Or are you talking about a home? What's he's just talking about home? I'm talking about. Are you yeah, talking, I'm a talking home? about okay? I'm talking a home where people in the community we all help each other, right? Okay. Everybody has some skill that they bring to the table. It's a garden, gardening, mutual mm -hmm. eating place. Uh huh. Uh huh. Someone that's good with the children. Actually, I I put this out on my Instagram stories, and I had so many responses from people that are into this idea. And then I put out, well, what would you bring? What would you bring to the, to the <laughs> commune? And the answers there were also very impressive. And I was like, wow, people are really <laughs> thinking about this. This is a thing that people want. Wow. I was yeah, not like, expecting that answer. I was definitely expecting more something about business. Like we resurrected elevated oats. We're... It's like, you crushed my dreams. <laughs> we're I'm over here like, put me in the woods. <laughs> Purely Elizabeth is going down. And we're... <laughs> That's what I was expected. <laughs> You're talking about a commune in the woods. That's awesome. One of a kind. Megan, you're definitely one of a kind for sure. <laughs> Okay, from, from actually from a business because we haven't talked about business perspective. From a business perspective, where would you where would you want to be? Mm. You you could leave it all behind and say I'm starting something else. You could bring it back to life. You could. There's a million different avenues you can go. I'm gonna jump in here. Yeah. Go there's a couple of things I would like to do. Um, actually, there's three things that I would in my mind teeter upon. It's the science thing, just like being like, hey, here's our idea. Would love for you to do something. We don't really want to be like the people we don't doing it anymore, really. <laughs> um, but then I'm like this cookbook idea, right? Which is like taking our recipes and creating a cookbook. And I think that can be some residual and income stream. 
Um, and tell her story, a, a great way to spread that message. And then also while I was doing the, the graphic design for Elevated Oats, I created this little symbol for women veteran owned. And I would like to create some sort of like certifying women veteran owned thing to let them stand out. That's a really good idea. So that's not a thing, huh? Until you that made it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Cause I do yeah. know, and rightfully so, like, I'm just trying to think they have like for February, like black history month, they have like a black owned business, um, which it, I think is really cool. Like, so I figure it's kind of like the same Avenue, right? You're thinking the same, same type of. Well, it's like, okay, well, we just got a women's veterans day and that's June 12th. Cause so everybody knows, yay. Women's veteran day. Congratulations. On um, that. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think when a lot of women struggle, like even identifying as a veteran, because like, if you Google veteran, you're going to see like, Oh, old white man. Um, and a lot of us, you know, like we're married to people in the military or other veterans and people come up to them. And it's so obvious that they're a veteran and they're like, Oh, thank you for your service. And we're like, I'm a veteran too. Mm -hmm. So just like, how do we identify and bring this to the forefront that women are veterans too? And what better way than a business? Like this is support women through your business. Yeah, I mean, I imagine you're kind of bucking a lot of trends there, right? I mean, like you just said, kind of men get noticed, not necessarily women. Men probably traditionally get noticed for starting a business, not necessarily women. So, yeah, I mean, I'm all for that. If if you have that design, you want me to share it, I'm I'm happy to to post it and let everybody see that. And I think that's royalties, baby. Yeah, get royalties on that one. <laughs> every every place that goes, yeah, you get that get that money. That'd be awesome. I think I think that's great. And get the recognition because it's well-deserved for sure. Totally. Yeah. Now, you okay. also... Oh, what were you going to say? Oh, I don't know. I was like, am I on the spot now? Do I have... <laughs> Actually, I was going to pass, but no. You are on the spot because you brought that back up. So <laughs> <laughs> You did it. Do yeah. it. Uh, okay. Hmm. Well, elevated notes. I don't know. That's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be interesting being in Alaska as it kind of fades away. Right. And like seeing that happen. Um, will but, that ever fade away? You're not, you're not going to stop. Right. I mean, even if I it's mean, a bag a week, you're not going to. Oh stop. yeah. We're not going to do that at all. We're done. We're, we're done, done making. Cola. Yeah. <laughs> really wanting us to be. <sighs> yeah. We sold, we already sold some equipment. People will be knocking on your door. Hey, I want some of that. Okay, yeah. And I need my fix. I don't know. When are you airing this, Ryan? Soon. Okay. <laughs> well, Lacey found a stash of granola that she has. And so she just put it on the website and it's all 50% off because it expires kind of soon. And so we're like, she's going to ship it from her and we're just getting rid of the rest of what we got. Hmm. Yep. So. You're going to miss it? I think part of me will. Parts of it. Parts of it, just like what's, anything. What's the part you're going to miss the most? Building something from scratch. Yeah. I think inspiring people, like seeing that, you know, like just, yeah, I think it's just the whole idea of it, you know, doing, doing that every day. You get comfortable, I'm sure, doing, doing what you like to do and it is what it is. Yeah. Well, too, like there would be kids like I've done volunteer things or like seen my brother and things or my brother will tell me a story and how 
people know about it or are eating it or are talking about it and it comes back to us. And mm. yeah, it's really, I mean, this is like something for everyone, you know? So it's not just like we're making this one-off thing that nobody is talking about. Like it's, it's been very popular here. So what was that moment like? Did you two like look at each other and kind of say, we got to do that? Like, what was, what was that moment like when you knew it was just like, we have to do this? Well, we were on FaceTime because yeah. we FaceTime all the time with each other. Yeah. And I had talked to my dad at night and I was waiting to talk to Lacey. And I remember in the morning, I'm just like, oh man, it's like four o'clock in the morning. I'm just waiting for her to wake up so we can chat. <laughs> Cause I felt like at that time I had this idea that I hadn't expressed to her yet. And I'm like, we're on completely different pages right now of where we think that this could be. Um, but it's not something that, you know, Lacey had brought up to me once before and I just kind of like shut it down immediately. <laughs> mm. I was like, no, that's not happening. Um, and then Lacey, what do you recall from me? I don't even, I think I just said, what do you think about doing this? Yeah, well, you, yeah, she had said basically you had talked to your dad and your dad was like, you could do some things and there were options, you know, like obviously there are options. We could get loans and all the things um or you could just be done you know um and so she said that and she was kind of quiet and like you know nervous face emoji and I'm like well if you're asking me like if I want to be done like yeah I'm good like we can be done wow yeah was there a challenge for us? You know, we've tried to like live near each other. We've built this business from across the country from each other for four years. Like this has been, it has not been an easy path. No. Did, did it feel, was it a mix of like almost bittersweet? Like you didn't want to do it, but also you just released a lot of pressure that was like building on your shoulders. You're shaking your head. Yeah. Oh, Totally. Yeah. And I think that's for me, it was like, you know, we hit that point and I really didn't want to go get loans. And like, to me, the fact that like our mentors and like the angel investors were kind of like, uh, you could go get loans and that's what normally CPGs, you know, companies do or whatever. And I'm like, I can't even believe this is like advice. Like, I don't, I'm already stressed out. Like, I, like <laughs> I'm already having problems with money. Like I don't need to be even more stressed out because I have a loan that I have to pay back. And not just a little loan, like it's like more than, you know, a house. Yeah. Hmm. We were looking at a $300,000 loan and it was like, okay, your rates are prime and prime is like 6.9%, but it's like prime plus another 2.9%. So we're talking almost 10% interest on a $300,000 loan that, I mean, we're going to, we already can see with our financial model and our assumptions and projections that we're going to spend that money in one year and we're going to be paying this loan back for 10 yep. and a $300,000 loan over a 10 year period. Like we're just going to be taking more loans to pay our, pay our loans. Yeah. And so and then, I'm sorry. We know, you know, another CPG company in Alaska who is like, trying to move out of Alaska because it's not, you know, the most, the most lucrative place to be doing it there. Um, and then we know they're 
sort of like financial situation too. And they have gotten investors. And so, and they're going and getting loans from their investors over and over again. And we're just like, I'm tired of chasing this money. This is not the vehicle. This is not the right business vehicle for us. That's what we really came to the conclusion of to where we can, we can give our energy to the community, to different people, and we can still have the same mission, right? We just don't have this product now. We still have the same idea that we want to help people become better at whatever the, whatever they're doing. Um, it's just, we just don't have a, a product behind it now. That's it. Yeah. And that's why it's like just so important for people to just run the numbers and do the math and not just go blindly into this, right? Because I can imagine people in your position probably like, I don't want to give out my my baby. I don't want to give up my dream. This is my business. I'm going to keep going for it. I mean, it sounds like you probably made the right call just to kind of say, hey, you know, I don't want to be in debt for the next decade plus or whatever it would be, right? I mean- I can imagine, right? Like a lot of people probably just say, F it, like I'm going for it. I'm all in and they get screwed even more, right? Yeah. 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 And that is the thing. It's, we really considered our mental health, what this looks like just as a whole for us moving forward. I mean, even what we get paid, we see bids out for things and we're just like, wow, <laughs> like, could you imagine making that much money? <laughs> Right. As an entrepreneur, you know, you, you don't have the funds to be able to pay yourself. Hmm. You're worried about paying everybody else too. Basically like me and her are basically splitting like what one person should make, you know. And it's not, what, sustainable, yeah. it's not sustainable for us. Yeah. In the right, right. I'm thinking like, what's almost like, if you want to spill the beans, what's like almost like a dirty secret that you kind of learn about the business, like behind the scenes, like. I'm thinking how like all of these businesses get bought out by, you said like the same five freaking like companies. It's like Nestle post what Mars, Mars, Mars yeah. um, oh, Coke, Kellogg's like, it's just like, uh, you know, everyone comes out with something unique and they got bought out. I'm good for them. I, I'm not sure. I would say no, but it's not unique anymore. And then it's like, what happened to the original product? Like, is there anything kind of like behind the scenes that you were just kind of like, this just doesn't feel right or it feels kind of icky or you were disappointing to learn? Oh, you're about to get the, the tea. We, I think we can might like go do a whole episode on what we think is wrong with the food system. <laughs> I, I want to hear it. No, no, I, I'm super interested in this. Uh, I don't want to take up the rest of your night, but I am super interested in this. Please spill what, what you got because I'm I'm actually curious. Like I said, I'm on your side. I'm, I'm tired of America, if not other places, being so set up to freaking fail with the ingredients that we consistently consume like I was just over in Europe uh, with my wife and it was just like how everything's so much, so much cleaner and mm. easier. And it's like, why do we put so much crap in our foods? It just, it makes me so mad. You really have to read the freaking labels. And even those are not right. Just so you know, I'm just, I'm going to disappoint. Oh my God. No. Okay. Well then, okay. Somebody spill the tea. I don't care which one it is. Somebody spill this tea that you're talking about. I don't even know where to start with you. Um, <laughs> Okay, let me just let me just give you an example. Okay. 
gluten-free, like saying that we're gluten-free. To be a gluten-free product, like it's not just enough for a celiac, right? To be gluten-free because when the FDA or the FDA or the USDA and the way it's written is it's like so much gluten per part per million or something. Mm -hmm. So like people can say they're gluten-free when they actually do have a little bit of gluten in it. And a celiac that can really damage their system. Actual gluten-free, like certified gluten-free is they have grown it separate from any downwind even of any wheat or gluten type product. So there's no cross-contamination even in the growing process. Hmm. So it's just like little things like that. And like the words that you can use are the words that you can and can't use on your packages. Um, and then it's really not even regulated. Okay. Because so <laughs> there's rules, right? But until you sell so many packages, they're, they being the USDA are not going to come to Alaska and go find elevated oats and like test it, right? They're going to wait until we're in every grocery store because that's how many packages we have to sell to get their attention. And then they're going to test. So none of this little stuff is, is regulated. Basically you as the business owner, you have to figure it out. <laughs> you just got to figure it out. Right. And what she's talking about with the labels is nutrition facts are not required on any packages unless you're selling over 100,000 units. But then the nutrition facts is some program that we have found online where we can put in our recipe and we're like, okay, we put this much coconut oil and this much of these nuts and this much oats and it spits out a calculation. And that's what we put on our bag. And and we, most hope we hope it's right. So most small businesses do because the bigger businesses, they pay for the testing, but like right. send it off to the lab or whatever. Right. <clears throat> Which fortunately we have these different avenues, right? And we've chosen to put nutrition facts on all of our packages because we believe that it's more informative to the customer. It really doesn't cost us that much. You know, we figured it out, we put it on there and now it's just on there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they... The gluten-free, all of the symbols, I think for me, it's definitely how every little thing costs money. And then they still, like the grocery stores still want free product, right? And so it's like, this is why we have such crappy foods in the grocery store is because we, we are not setting up, the system is not set up for people to have better products. Or it's like, if they are, they're spending a lot of money on those products. I think it's interesting because, you know, we could go to a farmer's market or a tr like a trade show and people have no problem paying $15 for a bag. Hmm. And it's like, okay, so, and I understand target audience. So maybe, maybe for me, maybe we need different grocery stores um, because we're not speaking to that, the right consumer. Right. Definitely a challenge in a lot. And that was part of the challenge of Alaska. Yeah. I would say too, a big surprise in all of this is the psychology behind it. Oh the yeah. Psycho the psychology behind business period. It's like, we have a product, we want you to buy it. How can we get you to buy our product? And there's a lot to that, right? It's the packaging design. It's what words are set on the packaging. It's the color that we use. It's having a window or no window. My gosh, what a... <laughs> Did you, did you learn this or did someone approach you and talk to you about this? Like, no, we've learned all of this. 
yeah, we've learned all of this just going through trial and error, right? Our first iteration of packaging was just a craft bag. Lacey made a label sticker. I stuck stickers on bags and we filled the bags by hand. Um, And then the black bags, that was a big learning experience because right away when you are presenting your product to a customer, you get to see their reaction. You get to hear the things that they see and understand about it and these black bags that we had looked way too national, not Alaskan, not small. It looked like we were big money granola in a bag. They looked gourmet. It was like, we were trying to go off that gourmet thing. Right. So yeah. they did look, they look gourmet-ish and okay. right. Because it, it did make it look like there might be a heavy product inside of it. And it it's not that situation. And that was just from like coloring and stuff. Like it yep. looks heavy because it's dark. Right. So it's just like, because the bag is black. So these small things that we see as consumers and like our processing, that was something that we've just had to kind of figure out. And like, I mean, you tailor your Instagram for that. You tailor your um, newsletters for that, your website for that. Everything is tailored to to your audience. So it's all just like, how can I get this one person to buy my stuff? What did you learn, whether it's for granola or anything else that you see in like the grocery aisles, like what sells the most, what catches people's eyes, what, what gets people to grab it off the shelf? Cause I'm curious to know, like when I'm walking through the store, I want to know what you say here to see if it actually like has an effect on me. Mm. I think mm. that all depends on the person. And this yes. is where you're talking to your audience, right? Each thing is going to say something different. Mm. So for me, uh, I think a lot of people think about price personally when they're in a grocery store. But I think the packaging is like drawing the attention to the person, right? So if if you're like looking at it, like ours now conveys like tra- clean, transparent, honest. And if you look at the other brands that are that type, they're also like more modern type packaging. So it's like you have, the consumer has this idea in their mind of what, you know, like a clean, honest granola would be. And then so they'll look, they'll see that those will pop out to them and then they'll pick up a bag. And that's your last opportunity to get the consumer to buy. Hmm. It's whatever's on that bag. How many people would you say turn your bag over to look at the ingredients compared to, I'm just going to throw this in my cart. This looks good. Great question. Mm. I don't know how many, how many people actually read the labels of a food. Yeah. I think our customer did because like when I ask people that like on our social media and whatnot, they say the nutrition labels is what sold them. Mm. Yeah. I'm just curious. I mean, I, there's gotta be millions of people that just don't give a shit because like when I go to the store, my wife and I flip it over, we're, we're looking at the oils. We're looking at all these different ingredients and these gums and things that perhaps shouldn't even be in foods. And we're just like, no, we're going to put this back and find something else. Hence why we liked elevated oats and like freaking like the almond milks, like a lot of milks and stuff that you look, it's just like, God damn, these things are marketed as healthy. And you turn over, <clears throat> people probably don't turn it over and they're like, this is healthy. This is a healthy alternative. I'm going to buy almond milk. And they turn over the labor label like two years later, like I've been drinking this <laughs> horrible stuff. It, that That's what drives me nuts. That's what actually drives me insane. I feel the same way when it comes to yogurt because yogurt yeah. too, be like, oh, get this one. It's like almond milk, whatever, but it has 12 grams of sugar. Sugar's up the wazoo. Yeah. My golly. Is that necessary, people? I think they, I, 
Well, yeah, it's because, okay. I could go into this all day. And when we deal with like the buyers and the brokers and the, and the distributors, they're like, oh, but it's not sweet. It's too healthy. People don't want healthy stuff. They want sugary stuff. And I'm like, that's all you're giving them. That's all you're giving them. You keep saying that to anybody that's coming to you. Yeah. It's like, I want this cycle to be broken and I want you to break it. But it's like people, people are just like the people at the top that control everything don't want that. And it's so hard to fight against that and, and fight against the grain. So what makes money? What makes money, right? Like addiction. I think and it's more people. People are only going to just get addicted to sugar. Like I'm going to want more. Oh, it's so bad. I, I really have. Yo, so. for sure. I really had my eyes open a few years ago when I started using the My Fitness Pal app and I really wanted to count my macros. And it's eye opening when you start really putting these numbers or you scan the barcode, you're like, oh, <laughs> I didn't realize I was having that much throughout the day. Little by little by little by little adds up. And then you have like boatloads of sugar. I don't know if you follow the guy. Hopefully one day he'll be on my podcast. We'll see the Flav City. Have you? Do you know who he, Flav City is on Instagram? I'm write it down. He no goes. Matter. He goes into like Costco and all these different things. Looks at ingredients. He's got his own like clean brand and stuff like that. He's he's decently big, and he literally will go into Starbucks and like order like the frappuccinos and he'll dump sugar into cups and be like, you're drinking this much sugar, and it is just like a third of the freaking cup is full of sugar. Wow, good for I love this. He makes it very visual. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. And yeah, I have a feeling like we like I said, we can probably talk for hours on this stuff because I just I get so mad that it's like you really have to search hard to find something on the shelf that is like, all right, this is like pretty good. I can get down with this. I can bring this home, I can feel pretty good eating this, and I don't have to be super concerned about what's in the ingredients but i mean at the end of the day it's like you're almost freaking better off just growing your own food or going to the, going to the farmer's market buying the fruits um you know buying like uh grass-fed beef or whatever you know like yeah once you go beyond that you're really kind of playing with fire it's it's freaking sucks i don't even understand why fully because and i think it's because like those weird gums and there's a lot of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Preservative mm-hmm. in the food. And then I'm, I'm trying to understand why. And I think it's just the supply chain, right? It's just like, it has to get from one side to the other because stores don't want to keep product on their shelf that long. Like it's, it's not the store that wants a long shelf life. They don't even care. Mm. I want a grocery store that I know I better go there today or it's going to be gone. I wouldn't be like, I would go to that store. I'd say, all right, I can get fresh products. I'll go to that store. That would be pretty sweet. I'm like, you could be a grocer and, and, and break the chain there. I'd probably sell off the post and become a millionaire and go on the beach. (laughs) See you guys. (laughs) Purely Elizabeth, I'm joining you. I don't know. It's one of those things. I can't blame the people too, right? Like, let's just say, just use her for an example that she came out with the healthiest granola of all time and she sold the post or whatever and they made it sugary. I can't blame her. Like, I mean, Jesus, she's an entrepreneur. She's sold her business. She made a ton of money and that's the goal. That's the goal. Right? That's the goal. Right? <laughs> that's the goal. I think that was a hard part for us too. We're like, oh shit, that's the goal. Like, that's the goal. Hmm. And then it's like, well, 
is that goal aligned with the mission also? I appreciate, I honestly genuinely appreciate like you sticking to your guns on this one. Um, like I know of, of a couple that is pretty big now on Instagram and YouTube and stuff. And they kind of like, they reject the brands that reach out to them. They want them to kind of sponsor, we want to sponsor them, but like, we don't really believe in this or we don't use this. So we can't do that. And it's like, they turn down money to do that. It's like, awesome. Props to you. I don't know if I can do that. I would like to think I would, but I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I want to talk about, I know you made a post, another post with that post, another announcement, I should say, right? Like you guys are up to, you guys are a package deal. <laughs> you really are. No matter what happens, you two are a package deal. What else are you two cooking up? Oh, well, we're going to do a podcast about like all the things we learned, all the things we learned. Um, and that's um, why I wanted you on this too, because I know it's called the pursuit of happiness. A lot of people, there's a lot of bumps along that journey. Uh, and what you two can offer going through this entire process is a lot. So I was like, yeah, come talk to me. This is good. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Where, I don't remember where What's I was. It What's it called? Lace? Oh crap. I don't remember. I think it's called the learning curve. We want to call it the learning curve. Our first series is going to be all about consumer packaged goods and what we have learned in that process. And what's really cool about me and Lacey is even though we're across the country from each other, we have done some really amazing things together that not a lot of people do in life. And we've had those experiences together. So uh, we've built a consumer packaged goods business, series one. We were in the military together as young women. Uh, and then we also were air traffic controllers. And so we want to tie in a lot of different things that we have done and learn to share that with the masses. But everything this next, this first series is going to be about consumer packaged goods and what we've learned. So basically take everything that we have discussed this last hour um, and really break down each part of it, break down the branding and the packaging, break down being a vertically integrated business versus like going a co-packer. Uh, what we've learned on the wholesale side, what we've learned on the e-commerce side, just all of the different little areas that we can share some knowledge on. This is awesome. I'm not just saying that because you're my guest right now. I think this is freaking great because for somebody that's looking to start a business and there's a lot of us, especially now since COVID, um, it's like, where do I go? Who do I listen to? Who can I talk to? Mm -hmm. And knowing there's a podcast coming out about like what to do or what not not to do, which is just as important. Um, like I was asking you about like starting a newsletter. I think it's a great freaking episode on its own. Start a newsletter, how to start an Instagram account, when to post, how often to post, what type to post. Like there's so many people, there's so many questions that people have paralysis. They don't know where to start. And I feel like you can guide them. You can give them a starting place and just follow our footsteps, follow our instructions and here's what we did and here's what perhaps not to do. Right. Yeah, don't do yes. that. Don't. <laughs> Learn from us. <laughs> yeah. I know that's freaking. that's, that's, I don't know if that exists, uh, but that's, that's a genius idea. That's awesome. I don't think it does. We've done some, I mean, I've definitely done searches for podcasts and we found some really amazing people. There's this woman, Allie Ball. She shares a lot on consumer packaged goods, but I mean, she's like an expert. She was a buyer. She gets on these great uh, different people with all these bigger ideas. I mean, it's a great, it's a great podcast. Um, oh, yeah, it is. 
huh? Yeah. Food biz whiz. <laughs> but we want to, yeah, share that like personal, more of that vulnerable side of things too. Like what is it really like for the entrepreneur in this situation? That's great. And Lacey, you can do a lot with the design and creating a logo, how to come up with a logo, color, color theory, all that stuff. Like that's super helpful. Wow. Yep. I'm rooting for you. When's this hey. coming out? When is this? Yeah. When does this happen? August. We're going to, we're planning on August. And then on Veterans Day, we're planning on um, releasing the cookbook with all of our recipes that we have. Maybe some surprise ones like uh, everything bagel, hopefully. <laughs> that is badass. I was going to ask you too, what is, what was, was your number one selling flavor? What's the best? Banana. Yeah. yeah banana, was awesome. banana was my favorite. Banana was the top seller. Was Bye. it raspberry? Was raspberry? What's what was the red one? I'm trying to think. What was the red one? Uh, yeah, raspberry sweet tart, cranberry cashew chew. Cranberry, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. But we also had too. a raspberry sweet tart. So we did limited edition flavors that mm -hmm. we released every month. Yep, that were great. Also, were those money makers, or was that kind of um, not worth your time? It, yeah, it were. Those were money makers because so our idea with that was we didn't sell those wholesale. So yeah. our margins on those were a lot larger. We only sold the, sold those e-commerce or in person. Mm. So and it was a way for us to like test new flavors mm -hmm. and really, you know, yeah. keep people interested too. Kind of like a at first we tried the that like twenty four hour drop that worked for a little bit, but then um, I think it ended up working better just to keep it up there. Yeah, keep a limited edition flavor for sale versus only releasing it for a 24-hour period, like on the first. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Wow. The stuff you guys learned. That's seriously invaluable. I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass because you're saying yeah. right here. Like, this is really good stuff that people should know. Uh, they're probably toying with ideas. What if I offer like 20% off for 24 hours? Like, how would that work? You actually have the experience with that. I think that's that's amazing. Yeah. That's invaluable for sure. You guys should do classes. Listen to our podcast. We're going to share it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Of course I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to promote it too. This is <laughs> yeah. oh, it's awesome. I know. I know another really good podcast. <laughs> Just um, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then the cookbook too. The cookbook is really going to, cool. we're going to share all the granola recipes, but I think too, we're going to give some insight into the behind the scenes of elevated oats and like us building this thing or this flavor and what we used to call it. Cause just that part of the psychology, right? Like we called them flavors, completely different names. Velvet mm. beet was no bueno. Mm. No, velvet beet was not what people People liked. don't want to eat a velvet beet. People this is cool it. because like I kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of thinking like a behind the scenes when like an artist makes like one of your favorite songs or albums, right? You get to look behind the scenes and how do they make this? Why do they write the lyrics? And I want to see them sing it and the band and stuff. You're doing that. I, I think that's really cool. And our plan is, so we're releasing it on Veterans Day, but we are actually going to be speaking at the Military Influencer Conference in Las Vegas. We have a booth there. And so we are going to be sitting there. <laughs> ah, there you go. Look at you. You are marketers. You know what you're doing. <laughs> you definitely know what you're we doing. We learned a thing or two. <laughs> yeah. And, and Megan, I got to touch on real quick you were like, what was it, like Miss Fitness or whatever? Like, what was that? What was going on there? Tell, tell me more about that real quick. I was competing for 2023 Miss Health and Fitness. I am no longer in the running for it. 
Um, it was for hers magazine, but it was, it was good. I was able to, you know, spread the message of mental health and physical health and those being related, um, the people like, and how, like you asking me about it now, the people that asked me about it, I was like, wow, people are paying attention, you know, which is how did that come about? Like, how did you even get found? And and like, tell me about the process real quick. (laughs) It's okay. It's one of those marketing things that a company does where they're like, we're going to get as many people involved in this as we can so that they spread it. Right. So I don't know how many groups there were that were competing. I know in Alaska, me and two other women that were doing this one competition. Actually, I know one girl that's in first right now in her group. And I'm just like, wow, go girl. Cause you have to like, people put money into votes for you. So it's like a huge thing. Um, I think it was just some Instagram thing I saw, some sponsored Instagram thing. And it was like, apply. And then you click and you're just like in it. It doesn't take <laughs> okay. become part of it, right? And then it they make it like a month and a half long marketing campaign. So you're kind of like involved for a while, especially if you keep going. Pretty brilliant, actually. Very my- smart marketing idea. That's another the, podcast episode right there. Think about that. There you go. <laughs> just so you all know, you know, once you start like getting into those sort of competitions, Facebook and Instagram or like Googling that sort of thing, it'll pop up for you. That's how everybody does it. Mm. You want to be Forbes 40 under 40? It's just a competition. Yeah. You just got to like apply. You just got to apply. Same okay. with TED Talks, right? Like you want to do a TED Talk? Apply. <laughs> Look up where they're doing them. Man, they're all over the place. Like can, this is a whole episode. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole episode. I didn't know that. I genuinely, I thought that was like the top notch of like presenters or whatever. Would you like authors. to do a TED Talk? There's one here in Woodenville that's open applications right now. <laughs> no shit. No shit. You just got to look for it, right? Because that's where it's like the closed mouths don't get fed, right? Put it out there. Like, how do I get on there? There's ways to do it. Mm. Yeah. You too. I mean, I've kept you long enough. There's more tea to be spilled, but I'll let you do it on your own podcast. <laughs> nah, I'm sure you want to save some of the good stuff for your own. I don't blame you. Um, I don't know. This has been, I know I've asked like a lot of probably tough questions, perhaps maybe the bandaid still feels like it just got ripped off a little bit. So I, I, I do appreciate you kind of like being honest and just chatting with me about the the goods, the goods and the lows and the highlights and not so highlights. Um, I appreciate both of you coming back on your, I, like I said, I followed you since, since you reached out. I'm fans of yours. No matter what you do, you'll find a way. You, you are two tough cookies for sure. I'm not concerned about that. I'm a little sad that elevated oats will not be in my pantry anymore though. Lacey, I'm going to take a look at the stash you just found. <laughs> I don't know what flavors you got, but I might be finding. Oh, I got them all. You got them all. Got them all. Do you have pumpkin still? No, I don't got that. I'm not, just the flagship flavors. Okay. Pumpkin was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, you too. I really, really appreciate it. I know I've, I've kept you long enough. I, I genuinely do appreciate talking about this. Um, there's a lot of lessons I wouldn't even call them failures. I wouldn't even say it's a failure because I don't think it's a failure. You learned a lot through this and I think it's going to help you on your next venture. I know the podcast is just part of that. So I'm excited for that. Thank you for having us on and allowing us to share like the closing of this chapter, because I think that this is not a part that people see or hear about when it comes to businesses. 
And real quick, I want to give people an opportunity because before it was like, hey, go to elevatedos.com and find you. Okay, so if people want to follow you currently, what's the best way to follow both of you? Um, Instagram, at Lacey Hernandez and at Megan Militello. Those are our first and last names and that's where we are. <laughs> and you can always go to Elevated Oats because we are in the process of like funneling people into all the things that we're doing in the future. Great. That's awesome. I'll tag, I'll tag everything you just said in the show notes to so just scroll down, click it, follow you both. Cause big things are coming. So honestly, like I said, thank you so much. And it's been a blast with you too. Thanks, yeah, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. Big thank you to Megan and Lacey for joining me on this episode. I know we all wish it was under different circumstances and Elevated Oats was still killing it. It was really such a good product. I actually just bought more of it before they completely sell out. We truly, really loved it in this household. So kind of bummed to hear about that. I'm all in favor of someone starting their own business and being successful, especially one that's actually healthy and with really good ingredients i can always get behind that but you know it was very insightful to talk with both of them and to get an idea of what it takes to run a business um, there's a lot of things i learned and there's probably a lot of things that you learned in this episode and honestly some disappointing things i learned in this episode as well as far as the fda goes and food labels and, and whatnot it's just uh that's a tough battle um, but anyways, I just, I do want to say thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, it's always really appreciated and sharing is caring. So please share this episode and any other episode with friends and family. It's always appreciated and please take a moment to subscribe and also leave a review if you can. And also please follow me on Instagram at the pursuit of happiness podcast to stay up to date on all the latest and greatest and even more content. But until then, I'll catch you next time on the Pursuit of Happiness podcast.